Hello, this is Hawker Muddlefoot, student of science. You're probably listening to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. But I'm not sure, because I've only checked my calculations twice. I gotta say, I don't like calamari, but after reading this issue, I really don't like calamari. Ugh. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Tiffany Silverbron. You doing, Tiff? Pretty good. Doing exciting? <laughs> um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like what? Uh, trying to buy a house, hopefully. <laughs> nice. Good luck with that. Any leads? Uh, yeah. There's like a, a super spooky house down the street that I've been trying to get for a long time. And Ooh. it just went up for sale. So hopefully we can get that. Because <laughs> I got to do the Disney reference. I, I got to do it. I apologize. You showed me pictures of this house. My first <laughs> response was... Ooh, talk about your fixture upper. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What? But you told me you are into construction, so this might be a fun project for you. Yeah, that's what I like about it. <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. And um, before we go any, any further, um, I have to apologize and make a correction from last week. We had the whole Sesame Street discussion and I said Emilio Delgado's name wrong like a million times. His name is Emilio, and I was saying it Emil the entire time. Mm-hmm. I I know better than that, and I felt like a complete chump when I listened to the episode after we recorded it. So, um, yes, Emilio, I apologize. That's kind of disrespectful, so I definitely want to apologize for that. Um, so, moving on from that little, little mistake... Um, we both recently watched the new Pixar film, Turning Red, so I thought it would be nice if we gave our thoughts about that movie, huh? Yeah. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it was pretty good. It it was interesting because it didn't really feel like a Pixar movie to me. Um, Why? I don't know. The style, it looked very like Steven Universe or something. I, I can't with that style. <laughs> and... um. Yeah, I don't know. Just like the writing and everything was completely different. I mean, it's cool. You don't want to do the same thing over and over again. So No, absolutely not. No. Um, yeah, I'm not big on that art style. I mean, Luca did it too, but this one's yeah. a lot more in your face. I mean, the, the big, the giant jelly bean mouths, I, I don't like. <laughs> yeah. And that's a very big part of this movie's aesthetic. The story is fine. I'm not going to be one of those prudes who's complaining because there was a box of pads in the movie that, like, yeah. give me a break. I know. It's weird that people are still weird about that. I thought that was good. They never have that stuff in um, movies or TV shows for little girls, and it's such a big part of growing up. I think that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what people's problem is, really. Like, people are just nuts. 
And uh, I wasn't expecting, spoiler alert, I wasn't expecting the movie go to go kind of kaiju at the end there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was not expecting it to go in that direction. But, you know, these movies tend to have those action climaxes, so I guess it's not too much of a shock. It's just I wasn't expecting the way they did it. But it's fun. My daughter liked it. I mean, at the moment, she's obsessed with Encanto and says nothing's going to change that. <laughs> yeah, the girls so, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> we asked her, like, which one do you like more, Encanto or Turning Red? Encanto. Wait a minute, do you like Encanto more than Frozen? Yes. <laughs> it was like, wow, okay. Well, Encanto has all the songs. <laughs> I know. She's still, we're three months in and she's still obsessed with it. <laughs> nice. But we're going to get right into the issue now because we have um, a new feature for the podcast we're going to try toward the end. So we're going to get started now and have a bit of a talk later on. Uh, so here we are. At issue 12 of, now we're going to call it, I guess, Kabooms, Darkwing Duck comic. And it's the final part of Foul Disposition. And as always, we've got two covers. Uh, Tiffany, what does cover uh, 12A look like? Um, so it's on like a set of a sitcom or something. You see a boom mic and lights overhead. And you see Morgana dressed like uh, Donna Reed, basically, with um, a 50s housewife dress. And Launchpad is dressed as um, Art Carney from the Honeymooners. <laughs> um, Darkwing is in, like, a sweater vest, smoking a pipe, weirdly. <laughs> and um, uh, Honker is, like, Dennis the Menace-esque. <laughs> yeah, with a, a slingshot in his back pocket. And yeah. a backwards cap. And Goslin is in a little pink frilly dress with her hair and pigtails. That looks familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's definitely from uh, Life the Negaverse and everything. Yeah. What, what else do we see on this cover? Um, we see the audience uh, of, like, Cthulhu-looking slaves with red eyes staring at them. And we see Steelbeak in the corner pulling, um, switching on a laugh sign. <laughs> It's a it's a cool cover. It's it's close to what happens in this issue. Not exact though. We'll see why when we get into it. I like it well enough. You have one major complaint with it, which I had a chuckle out of. What what is your complaint? Oh, that the Cthulhu slaves look kind of like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and and for the very first time, what do we see? In terms of a feature of one of the characters. <laughs> Morgana's feet. No, she doesn't have feet. I'm convinced <laughs> she doesn't have feet. She should not have feet. But there we go. She's got feet. Um, it's, a, it's a cool cover. Um, I got to say, though, I like cover B a little bit more. It's another Amy Meberson cover. And uh, Tiffany, what's this one look like? So this one is like a parody of the Uncanny X-Men 141, where we have a wall with a wanted-type poster on it. And you see um, Steelbeak, you see Quiverwing, and she has a sign over it that says Homework. 
See Darkwing. He says loser over his face. Great face Quack- on Darkwing, though. Very true yeah. to the show. Mm-hmm. Quacker Jack upside down with choking hazard. Um, Arrow Kid with nosebleeds or nosebleed. Um, Bushroot with his um, like leaves missing and it says leaf rot. Another great drawing. I love this picture <laughs> of Bushroot. It's very funny. <laughs> Yep, and then in the bottom right you have Fenton, and it says missing, and which, yeah, at this point in the comic, people were going, okay, what happened to Fenton? We have a Gizmo Duck suit, but no Fenton, and he yep. hasn't come back for it. People were actually talking about this when the comic was new, like what the heck is going on with Fenton? Yeah, and there we go, he's missing apparently. <laughs> yeah, and then to the left. We're guessing that it's probably liquidator and it says something like humidified or humidifier. Humidifier? Yeah, humidifier. And because uh, this this is in place, the comic cover has a whole bunch of mutants uh with um notes saying slain or apprehended. But this of course is the con you know, the more humorous version of it. Yeah. And then in front of that you've got a Launch pad in place of Wolverine with an angry looking face and his fists out. And you got Morgana like conjuring up some magic in her hands. And on the original X-Men issue, the top left, there's pictures of various, it's the various headshots of the different mutants. Here it's Darkwing, Goslin, Honker, Launchpad, and Morgana. They go 100% on these references in this parody. Yeah. I like this cover. What do you think? Yeah, I really like it too. Which one do you prefer? I think I like that one, the second one better, the B. I feel like, I feel bad that, like, in general, we're, you know, preferring the Meberson and Albergetti covers over the Silvani ones. But I guess he's all over the inside of the comic anyway, so I don't feel very bad, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we, we praise his artwork. It's just nice to get other styles on the covers once in a while. Yeah. So before we start, I'm going to be really honest here. I don't like this issue. I'm not that into it either. <laughs> and I don't want to sound stupid, but it's hard to understand what's happening in the story. Even it being clarified and definitively dangerous doesn't totally help. And it's confusing. It's trying to be really existential and it's trying to be deep and play up this family thing. And it just doesn't work for me to the extent where I'm kind of checking out on the story. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, I agree. It's a little happy, maybe. <laughs> You'll definitely have to bear with us if we don't exactly retell the story 100%, because it's a little confusing. And... You'll see what we mean. If if you only own the boom version of it, I can totally get why you'd be lost. Again, Definitively Dangerous clarifies a few things, but I think even there, the story's too much of a mess to really just save it with changed dialogue, in my opinion. But they tried. All right, so here we go. Issue 12, how do we start? So it goes right back into it from where we left off. And you see Darkwing, he's still strapped to the altar. And Dekthulu is um, rising. (laughs) 
and you see a you see Stillbeak. He's really having second thoughts about this, and thinks it's a bad idea, and that foul went too far. Um, I like how he does say, uh, "Don't get me wrong, scaring Darkwing stupid is darn good entertainment." Yeah. <laughs> um. um and you get. Go ahead. Uh, Foul High Command tells um, Steelbeak silence and wants to go forth with the plan, but then um, you see all the Eggmen start turning into Duckthulu slaves, and Steelbeak himself starts morphing into a tentacled um, Duckthulu slave. Yep. So they have gone too far. And yep. then we cut back to the caves where Ammonia Pine has just knocked out Themapeel. And the Eggmen have grabbed um, Gosling Honker, a.k.a. Quiverwing Quack and the Arrow Kid. And just bit, just when Ammonia's about to do something, have him taken away, Femipil gets up and kicks Ammonia right in the stomach. Her reasoning is that Ammonia's messing with kids. And she says, if you want to mess with kids, then you're messing with me. How yeah. do you feel about that? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I think... I can't tell if it's there's no like backstory there and it kind of makes me feel like they're just doing it because she's a woman and women are supposed to be motherly and care about kids and it's a little she's already like a borderline sexist character so <laughs> and Not... it just it doesn't it doesn't give the character any depth it's like a yeah. very simplistic reason for fighting back I yeah. will say all this don't mess with kids stuff is not indefinitely dangerous here, she says something along the lines of, you've always been squeaky clean, Ammonia, but your puns are stale. <laughs> something like that. Which is fine. You know what? I'll take that over what she says in the boom version of it. Yeah. Um, so so what does she do next? Then she does like a, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven a seven-person kick at the Eggman and says, getting scrambled eggs. And um, she saves Honker and Goslin. And unfortunately, Honker sits up and you see that he is becoming a Duckthulu slave now and has a tentacle beard. But very true to Goslin, she thinks the tentacles are cool. Yep. <laughs> so ammonia revs up to smack femapeel with her mop but before she's able to do that she's struck by a blast of um, magic and is turned into a pile of dirt who just showed up to save the day morgana Woo! good entrance too <laughs> yep and she doesn't know who femapeel is and is going after her now and um hunger and goslin have to exp try to Tell her no, don't do it, and she realizes she's uh, Femme appeals on their side. And um, they... I gotta say, I totally hate Goslin's line, Morgana. How you doing? I totally snuck out tonight. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's awkward. Which they don't change. They don't change it. They leave it the same. Huh. Um, so what what happens now? Uh, Femipeel has the ancient texts um, that they need, and they all go running towards um, where Duckthulu is. You cut back, and you see um, his he's still 
revving up like his magic, the Cthulhu, and um, Steelbeak is crazy looking now. He's like a <laughs> melted, <laughs> a melted tentacle beast with like a his comb is now like a total fish fin. <laughs> and uh, see, Darkwing says here, I wish I could tell everyone I was sorry. He sees Steelbeak and says, "Yipes! Well, I could tell you." But I don't know if you'd understand it. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. But in definitively dangerous, Steelbeak is like, with whatever, whatever, you know, speech he's got left, he's like, tell me, Darkwing, is it bad? And Darkwing's like, yikes. I mean, and he says something along the lines of, I don't have the definitively dangerous right in front of me. He says, no, you look good. Just stay away from the clam bar. <laughs> 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 Which is funnier. I mean, it's fine and boom, but it's funnier and definitively dangerous. Yeah. And, and, and his, he's drawn with his mouth open, Steelbeak. Like he's gonna, like he's saying something. Yeah. But there's no dialogue of balloon in this version of it. <laughs> so what happens next? So now um, they're trying to get all of Darkwing's selfishness and arrogance to feed Duckthulu and bring him to full power. Which I don't think they're very specific. They're very like they don't clarify it well enough for me here. That Duck Thulu feeds on ego. That is why they wanted Darkwing the entire time. Yeah. And I don't think at any point in this entire story arc anybody goes out and says it in like plain English. Or did I miss something? Yeah, I, I mean I agree. It's not super clear. So Mor- Morgana shows up, so does Femapeel, Goslin, and Honker. Um, of course, Morgana's flying under her own magic. The other three are using jetpacks. <laughs> jetpacks, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so Morgana shows up, and then all of a sudden, who bursts through the wall? <laughs> Launchpad in the Thunderquack, but he is now a Duckthulu slave, too. <laughs> and all the Duckthulu slaves come through the wall, including um, Herb and Binky. Yep. And they're all coming in saying Duckthulu for sure, Duckthulu for sure. <laughs> they're all coming in. I guess Launchpad had his, had enough, you know, wits about him to fly the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then you get the line of uh, Duckthulu saying, you think you can control that which is older than time itself? And Darkwing's like, now who's being egotistical? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the foul high command drops down a, uh, it drops on a, basically like a trap door, and they get out of there. Yeah. Um, Morgana forms like a giant like force field bubble to protect them temporarily. Um, they pull out the ancient scroll to try to fix things. And this is where it kind of gets a little weird. <laughs> it does. I mean, it gets weird even before they do that because they're <laughs> surrounded by um, Duckthulu slaves. And for yeah. some reason, most of the characters are drawn either as fish or as regular ducks. But he sneaks in the March Hare. And he sneaks in another deep Disney cut. Uh, Max Hare from a silly symphony called, what was it, Tortoise and the Hare? Yeah. So something about rabbits in this issue, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So they pull out the scroll and Morgana ha- um, says that she needs to change the reality of 
that they're in to like confuse Duckthulu or something. To switch up his order. Switch up his order. It's like the only way to battle him. And then you get a panel that's showing all the different universes. Yeah, uh, full page. For her to choose from. Okay, so um, we're going to have to go through them. Yeah. Because James Silvani is about to spend the next couple of pages going crazy with references. Because, of course, he does. <laughs> so we get a whole bunch of different alternate realities that she's trying to channel. The first one seems pretty generic. It's like kind of just like a universe, right? Yep. Uh, the next one is, I'm sorry, what were you saying? I just said regular like space scene. <laughs> right. The second one is another uh, d deep Disney cut is uh, Math Magic Land from the Donald Duck uh, educational short, Donald Duck and Math Magic Land. Love it. <laughs> What's the next row? What references are in the next row? Then you get Halloween Town from Nightmare Before Christmas. You that get, one's super obvious. Yeah. You get Hell from uh, uh, Mr. Toad. Wait, is it Wind in the Willows? Yeah, but it's, specific, Toad, but it's specifically right? from the ride, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh, okay. He doesn't go to hell in the uh, the movie. <laughs> only on... <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild to Ride is the general. only... What? weird that he goes to hell at all but he doesn't go to hell the rider goes to hell oh yeah it's the it's the one disney park ride where you die and go to hell yeah we go to hell yeah <laughs> although we don't know what the next reality is supposed to be it's got a rainbow bridge um and a city i feel i feel kind of dumb not knowing what this is because it's, it's too specific to be nothing it's like a futuristic city and the next one is a variety of references to Fantasia, Chernobyl. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll tell you what I was kind of thinking, but I doubt it because it's not Disney. Was It was making me think of the Phantom Tollbooth. But it's not Disney, you're right. Yeah. So the so. next one's got a bunch of things from Fantasia. We have the, the Mushrooms, the T-Rex, a Pegasus, Chernobog. We get a Salvador Dali, which isn't Disney, but it's, you know, it's Salvador Dali. How can you go wrong with that? And we have um, Bowling Ball Darkwing's universe. And Kernard Tower <laughs> is a giant bowling pin. <laughs> and what are the last two? And then you got um, Wonderland and, like, where the Heffalumps and Woozles are, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it very much reminds me of the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disney World. When you actually go through that part of the uh, the part of the, um, I guess, the feature at and then she spots a house and is like, wait, that one we will use that reality. So they go they jump into that reality and the screen, quote unquote, the screen, the panel goes totally <laughs> blue. And then Drake wakes up and says, good morning. And what happens? Um, he opens a door and it's like a. Um, MC Escher staircase scene. Hey, guess what? More references. <laughs> uh, there are five doors, uh, four doors, I should say. We know one of them for sure is the Christmas Town door from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Another one is obviously a door from the Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't too obvious. You had to tell me what that was. <laughs> um, another door is obscured but i wouldn't be surprised if it's the door with the um, talking doorknob malice in wonderland yeah and the fourth door i'm pretty sure is boo's door from monsters inc because it has flowers stuck to it yeah 
And in a window, there is a little flagpole with screwball on it. That's not a Disney reference. What's it a reference to? Duck a mug. Woo! <laughs> nice. Yeah, so getting, duck, duck reference. <laughs> I love that cartoon so much. Me too. <laughs> what happens now? Then he closes the door, goes to put his clothes on, and instead of seeing his Darkwing uniform, he sees a full-on Darkwing. This is where it's getting weird and <laughs> too artsy or something. Yeah, so we have uh, a Darkwing duck and a drake in the same yeah. universe. And he's on. He's holding him on a hanger. Um, they ask the question of what happens when he, if he puts him on. Like, does he get absorbed by him or what happens? He puts him on and then he's like a half split down the middle, Darkwing and Drake. And his uh, upstairs hallway. Now, James Silvani decides to do references to Disney Broadway plays. <laughs> because why not? Um, there's a frame picture of the Beauty and the Beast poster, which is the Beast silhouette. And you can kind of make it out. There's the Lion King one, too. You see the mane and the, you know, the last work, the last bit of the king. And another poster, which looks like Maria Von Trapp dancing in a field. Yeah. But I can't quite tell what that really is, because that's not Disney. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Drakewing. They call him Drakewing now. He comes downstairs. What does he see? He sees a really bright, happy kitchen with Morgana dressed as Donna Reed serving pancakes to a pigtailed goslin. But up, up top, you see studio lights as if it's a set of a sitcom and you see clapping. I was going to say you hear clapping. <laughs> he says clap, clap, clap and woo. And also <laughs> Mrs. Potts and Chip are sitting on the table in the corner again, yeah. because, of course, they are. <laughs> And the audience and the cameraman are, and the, the clapboard user, the guy with the clapboard, all Duckthulu slaves up yeah. in the shadows. This is when it gets really confusing. Um, <laughs> so Darkwing doesn't quite, Drakewing doesn't quite know what's happening. And Morgana's just like, go with it, honey. Just, just, just go with it. And um, so the doorbell rings. Actually, there's a knock on the door, not the doorbell. Drakewing opens the door, and who is standing on? Who's standing out front? His boss, Duckthulu, who's in a suit with a hat, <laughs> coming to dinner. And it's like he is like really dolled. I mean, he has a hat. He's got a pocket square. He <laughs> he has a tie clip. Very like 1950s boss. Obviously, this is a riff on all 1950s sitcoms when the boss comes to dinner. Most yeah. recently parodied in a WandaVision episode. Did you ever see mm -hmm. Wanda? Have you, have you seen WandaVision? Yeah, I finished it finally. I was oh, finally. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. I like that. Yep. So Duck Thulu comes into the house, crashes right through the wall. He's brought dead fish as a bouquet. And <laughs> he brought white wine and red wine because he doesn't know which one goes with souls. <laughs> So he brought both. <laughs> but again, now it's confusing because they're having a conversation and Duck Thulu's talking about, I mean, the whole gist of the conversation on Duck Thulu's end is that he needed somebody as egotistical as Darkwing in order to wake him up. Yeah. And he's been, and he's been watching him the entire time. Saw how egotistical he was with all the Darkwing variants, the Tax St. Canard, showed how egotistical he was when he left his family behind to team up with Steelbeak. 
And that's how we knew he was the vessel to come back. Basically, right? Am I right yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. So what happens next after that? So let's see. Launchpad. Let's, let's see is right. <laughs> <laughs> Launchpad walks in and um he uh, I'm so again he, again he's dressed as our oh, Carney. Yeah. So I for, so yeah, I when um Duck is explaining everything, he turns Darkwing back into all Darkwing. Because he wants a hundred percent grade A Darkwing. Yeah. A stands for arrogant. Yeah. And so Morgana switches him back to half and half. Launchpad walks in and um they talk about like the power of family. Oh, by the way, when Launchpad walks into the house, he just says normal in this house. I'm sorry, he's dressed exactly like Ed Norton. He should have said, hey, Drakey boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, come on. Definitely. I, then they get on a whole run about family. Yeah. yeah and it, it's a bit fan fiction-y, that I don't, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darkwing starts to say, let's get dangerous, and then, surprise, you see the Muddlefoots pop in. Hiya, neighbor. Got any extra beef stew? <laughs> And they zap, they zap the window closed and get rid of the muddlefoots. <laughs> Fun little like cameo. <laughs> yeah. Um. And. Uh, so Duckthulu tears off the boss's uniform. Now he's mad. He's super angry. Um. They pull out the scroll, and um, I don't understand this part. It's like Morgana says, "So much power, anger." <laughs> and she, yeah. He, yeah, again, even definitively dangerous doesn't 100% clarify this. Like, Darkwing is trying to take charge and, like, talk his way through this, and Morgana seems to realize this isn't going to work that way. I have to take care of this myself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Duckthulu's eyes start glowing red, and Morgana's eyes start glowing blue, and she just eye-zaps him. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it, there's a huge explosion, and I guess that beat him. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this issue's working on, like, anime rules right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the explosion, after the explosion, everyone's back to normal. All the Eggmen, Honker, Launchpad, the statues, just rubble. And everyone's looking around, you know, what's going on? What's happening, you know? Darkwing, of course, starts acting like he saved the day. Yeah. Because of course he does. And then Shush shows up and surrounds the Eggmen with their with their with their guns out, which, you know, nice. You know, it's <laughs> nice they put a little bit of, you know, little, nice to see it. Don't love guns in my cartoons <laughs> these days, but if you're gonna show government agents, you might as well have the guns. Yeah. And then we get our one, and I think only in the Boom comics at least, appearance by Jay Gander Hooter. And it's clarified that the entire time Fem Appeal was a shush agent. She yeah. was not with Fowl at all. She was um, infiltrating Fowl, but she was always on Shush's side. Uh, here he says, excellent job, now return to, return to headquarters. I fear we must be ready for an even greater threat. Um, I do like the change for Definitively Dangerous, where Fem says something around the tune of, wow, Darkwing Duck did save the day, huh? 
And Jake Gander is like, I told you not to underestimate him. And that is so Jake Gander Hooter. Yep. <laughs> but he still says there's a greater threat on the horizon. I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about based on what's coming next. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so how does how does the issue wrap up, Tiffany? So you see Steelbeak slinking away. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, everyone's happy and hugging and glad that they're all there and Darkwing says it's good to have all of you here and then he realizes that Morgana's not there Morgana and says I lost her and it okay, says so, the beginning instead of the end <laughs> and there are a few changes for definitively definitively dangerous I will mention um Steelbeak gets mad you know I guess because he was double crossed but and definitively dangerous, he's like, no one turns me into um, sushi and gets away with it. <laughs> so it's fun. It's a little bit funnier that way. And then um, Darkwing remembers Morgana because he says, you know, Goslin, I want to have a talk to you, talk with you about what happened with Morgana. Then he realizes she's not there. And instead of saying I lost her, which I don't love, <laughs> he simply says she's gone. Yeah, which is a like the last two story arcs keep having these cryptic references to losing somebody like it's a yeah. theme. And I don't I've never liked that theme. You know, go go stop dark. Go stop Negaduck before he loses her. If I put you on, will I lose them again? And I feel like they're really trying to make that a running theme. And I just never got into it. And they they took all of that out for the rewrites. And I'm cool with that. But the sad part is Morgana is gone. Yeah. And unless we consider um, unless we consider dangerous currency canon, which we're really not supposed to, she doesn't come back. And no. yeah, I know you don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they they could have kept her in it because she does change the dynamic of the group. It should always be a father, a daughter, and a launch pad. Not a father, a daughter, a witch, and maybe a launch pad. <laughs> yeah, I like Morgana being in her little spooky house and them calling on her for help when needed. The yeah, the comic seems to indicate that Morgana kind of lives with them, and they're a family, which, again, that really changes the character dynamics in a way I'm not too fond of as much as i like morgana i have no problem with her as a character i just think too much of her changes the show yeah and um so that's issue 12 um yeah <laughs> what are your thoughts give me a throw a rating at me how many gas gun gas canisters we given this one uh i'm gonna give it a three okay what are your thoughts um I think it's really confusing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, yeah, I don't like any of the weird family talk. And, yeah, I don't like that I lost her either. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a little, it's trying to be too deep or something. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm going to go lower. I'm giving it a two and a half. <laughs> um because it's confusing, and the family thing doesn't work for me. It's trying to be so deep, and it's just, it can't do it. It, it just can't do this. 
And Darkwing Duck, just as a franchise, should just be silly and funny and ridiculous. Yeah. And this and this reads like twelve year olds fan fiction, and I just don't like it. I mean, he's he is more weirdly more like Daffy Duck than Donald Duck. <laughs> well, yeah, a character. So like, you can't have a deep Daffy Duck cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> and I feel like maybe doing the Duck Thulu thing in Darkwing Duck might be a little too much. Might be, <laughs> I don't know. You know, Darkwing's fought the devil and he won. You know, I don't know if we need to see <laughs> Duck Thulu. Some shows can do Duck Thulu. I'm looking at you, South Park, but I don't know. Not Darkwing Duck. Um but you know that's the last that's the last issue in this story arc. Um, boy, the next few issues in the next story arc coming up is uh, is something else. We're getting into a whole new thing here. Um, we get a new villain. Uh, we get some new developments in Launchpad. It's it'll be in, it'll be interesting to talk about the next few of them because the next story arc kind of starts out as like separate individual stories and it builds into something else. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but it'll at least it'll be nice to get away from this and start talking about something else. But that's next week when we talk about issue 13. Um, so we have extra time. So we decided to come up with a new idea. It has been a while since we've talked about um, Darkwing Duck as a TV show. We we finished the episodes a while ago, and it's been a very long time since we discussed the older episodes. On top of that. Tiffany was on for how many were you on for? Four episodes. Um, so I think it'd be really fun to maybe take five minutes or so and just to randomly pick an old episode and talk about it. I'd love to hear what Tiffany thinks about some of these shows that we talked about years ago at this point. Which one did you pick for tonight? We'll call these um, the Tiffany reviews or something <laughs> like that. Uh, or the Mike and Tiffany mini reviews. Yeah. Which one did you pick? Night of the Living Spud. <laughs> All right. Great episode. Uh, one of the first truly great ones. Why do you like this one? I love this one. I think I I love that it has the framing device of Darkwing telling a campfire story is great. <laughs> because he lost his compass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think the story in general is really good. I, it really is, you know, it's an early episode, so you really get, like, a feel for what type of character Bushroot is in this. Yeah, I um, agree. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. There's so many funny parts in it. And it, but, it features one of the greatest one-off Darkwing Duck characters of all time. Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love Dwayne. So. This guy's great. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene when like he first picks them up is just like funny the whole way through <laughs> them frozen aliens in the back <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about the potato that doesn't make any sense a russet <laughs> you red potatoes you can reason with them <laughs> russets just plain, just plain me, me. <laughs> yeah definite large marge vibes to that sequence <laughs> yeah and I love the joke where it's uh, Bushroot trying to rob the fabric store with the lady. And the lady's still trying to make a sale. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I don't know what to pick for my for my bride. Well, what does your bride look like? 
uh, she's a large potato. I'd go, I'd with, go the with the blue. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rednecks. Yeah. Get Do the D's <laughs> And how and how Gosden is totally okay with them doing the tests on Darkwing. <laughs> yeah. And then it's all creepy afterwards. They're like, oh, I was looking forward to putting a stake through his heart. I see, I gotta say, like, I have the I have the first few weeks of Darkwing Duck, the way it aired, burned in my brain. The first week isn't very strong. I would say Getting Antsy and Apes of Wrath are not great episodes. Beauty and the Beat is a strong origin, but it isn't a great Darkwing story. But this one you could have put really late in the life of the show, and it wouldn't lose a thing. That's how good it is. Yeah. Like, it's the best from that first week, which also includes um, Dirty Money, which was one of the first written episodes. And it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to knock a, um, a Jim Peterson episode and uh, John Humphreys and Rob Benke. I'm not going to knock one of their episodes, but it's an early one. This yeah. is the best of that week. And it's a great, it isn't Bushroot's show, but he's great in it. Mm-hmm. We also haven't talked about the zombie posy thing. I know you're a horror fan. So <laughs> how much do you love that? Yeah, I I love just the whole idea of the vampire potato. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, the, what do you call it? The whole potato backwards thing is cute. And so clever. it's, it's clever. It's cute, but it's also so stupid. It could only yeah. work on Darkwing Duck. Exactly. I, I'll often say something on the show is stupid. When I say something stupid, I usually mean that as a compliment. If something yeah. is stupid on Darkwing Duck, it's because it's supposed to be stupid. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Darkwing Duck is the only show, only Disney show, that gets away with being stupid. <laughs> when Bonkers it's, is stupid, it's stupid. When Darkwing <laughs> is stupid, it's the best thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Solid episode. Love it. The, the <laughs> only thing that would have put it over the top is if a different studio animated it. But that's oh, not yeah. even that big a deal. By, it's a slightly later in production, so Sun Wu had gotten a little better. But could you imagine, like, Disney Australia doing yeah. the horror thing? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still, it's not bad at all. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, it's, it's got a, you know, I think just the overall visual feel is fine. It all takes place in the dark, and it's just... It's it's a fun episode, and for an early one, it's really great. I'm glad you picked it. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be really interested in seeing which ones you do pick as we <laughs> go along. So, guys, this is gonna be a new thing, um, because we've been trying to come up with pre-talk at the beginning of episodes. It's getting harder. There's not a lot of darkwing stuff to talk about, and I thought just going back to old episodes, which you know we talked about this one, me and Will. I think the summer or September of 2019. Man, has the world changed since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, and I feel like it'd be nice one. It'd be nice at the end of each episode to just go back to the show itself. Yeah. Because I don't think we should ever lose sight that at the end of the day, Darkwing Duck really is just one 91 episode TV show. It's really nothing else. 
And if we get too far from the show, I feel like we've gotten too far from the heart of what we're talking about. Yeah. And bringing it back at the end of each ish episode for the time being to an episode of the show, I think is a great way to wrap things up each week. I thought it was kind of appropriate, too, because um, when they're like the potato slaves, it's pretty similar to the Duck Thulu slaves. <laughs> there is definite cross DNA in this story and the comic story we just talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think it's funny. They grow roots out of their heads and all they want to do is eat potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're watching a test pattern. Great. Maybe they can understand the plot. There's roots um, coming out of their heads. <laughs> Binky, Binky insists on using that fancy, a fancy shampoo or something like that. <laughs> See, I liked when Darkwing's an oblivious dick. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> He's not like that in the comic. He should be more of that in the comic. Like Dar Goslin will be screaming at him, like "Dad, look at this," and yeah. he just doesn't want to hear it, and that's why he's so great. <laughs> So, so that's so that's uh, the last part of foul disposition. Our short discussion of Night of the Living Spud. Um, next week we'll do another episode. Tiffany hasn't even told me which one she wants to talk about. <laughs> Surprise me going in. I want to be surprised from now on. I don't want to know what we're talking about until you mention it. All right. Um, so that said, we are the Saint Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps: Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, I said Spotify already, Pandora, <laughs> Pocket Cast, Radio Public, um, and you can also watch us on Facebook. If you do, please subscribe. Please. Tiffany, you can watch us on YouTube. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm getting so burnt out of this outro. <laughs> um, and Tiffany, is there anything you want to plug or how can the fans find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Tiffany Silver Braun and at Regurgitating Gertie, and I'm on YouTube at Radioact Tiffany. And I think I speak on you know, behalf of you know myself and all the listeners. I hope uh, I hope the house situation works out how you want it to. Yay! Thank you. Because you seem really excited <laughs> for this house. So. Yep, I am. <laughs> and, so, and it looks like a fun project for you. So. Yeah. So keep me, keep our listeners posted, and um, we'll touch base on it again sometime. So um, until then, everyone, just be sure to say potato backwards. Uh, <laughs> not ote top, potato backwards. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Stay dangerous. Bye. Bye. Stay safe and dangerous. <laughs> you can do both. Um, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>